Hello everybody, welcome to the Filmwork Podcast. Sean Kennedy is here with me, Stephen Hurst, and today we're going to have a run-through of Robert Zemeckis' work. Mm, I should probably yeah. close his Michael Bay page, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, don't, let's not, conf- well, not, I don't think you'd have trouble confusing, you know, those two. No, but yeah, no, let's, you wouldn't, Let's not no. go there. Um, I don't, did they cross over on anything in their past? Oh, I don't think no, anyone don't produced think so. anything for anyone. Let's hope not. But mind you, we were just talking about um, Zemeckis crossing paths with Spielberg quite a lot during the eighties. Um, oh yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's been if they've Michael Bay and Zemeckis have sat in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Because I think Spielberg and Bay are pretty chummy, aren't they? Spielberg's pretty chummy with anybody he can bloody get an executive producer credit on. <laughs> get his name, yeah. Get his name cover for the credits yeah. first on someone else's film. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's showing, you know, J.J. Abrams how to do yeah, it. Yeah, J.J. I was just yeah. about to say that. Yeah, he's heading down that way now, isn't he? Bloody hell. So the question I normally start with was, is uh, how, you know, what film do you remember being the first one that you saw by this director? Well, it's got to be, it's Back to the Future, isn't it? But um, It's rem- Romancing the Stone for me. Well, I was just thinking, I was just looking at the list. And I, you know, I can't remember mm. which I saw first, but it, it, it mm. would have been one of those two. Um and romancing this because he didn't do the sequel, did he? The Jewel of what was it? Jewel of the, Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile. No, I think with, with, a, with a Billy Ocean <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, there's quite a lot of overacting in that one. And then likewise, of course, because it, it's it's so similar. Well, it's not really that similar, but to a child's brain, it's it's kind of in the same ballpark as Indiana Jones, romancing yeah. the stone. Um, I can't yeah. remember which of those two I saw for at first either, because of course, um, what's well, this? 1984. I would have called it on telly, late 80s, early 90s, when I was still a kid. Yeah, it would been yeah. a video job for me for both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right, well, let's bust, uh, go back to the beginning then. Um, now, the first film I don't think either of us have seen, called I Want to Hold Your Hand, no. which Beatles, is yeah. centred around a Beatles appearance on the Ed Sullivan show. And, I, you know, I don't think you follow the Beatles around, I think you follow a, a bunch of, like, you know, groupies or something, and drama ensues. I have no idea, I've not seen it, and I'm annoyed because... Before I left the site as editor, I, the last competition I ran was to give away six Blu-rays, and it included this. Mm. And I looked at it, it was like, bet the Beatles, fuck that, I'm not interested. Uh, but I didn't realise at the time it was a Zemeckis film, otherwise I would have given it a quick peek. Uh, so neither of us have anything to say about that, other than it was released in 78, is 108 minutes long, cost a couple of million to make. God knows, who knows what it took. And who, Nancy Allen was in it, though. Hey, Robocop. Yeah, and it was written by Bob Gale as well, who went on to do uh, Back to the Future and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Gale and Zemeckis, you know, yeah. were pretty much the tight writing team for a while. Um, yeah, so we will skim over that one. Sorry, anybody that was hoping for any commentary on that. We have none. Now, the next <laughs> film, Kurt Russell film, Used Cars. Again, uh, Gale and Zemeckis wrote it. And Zemeckis directed it, naturally. Uh, Gail produced it. Uh, Kurt Russell, Jack Warden, Garrett uh, Graham. I have seen this. I actually saw this in the last year. It was either on oh, Netflix wow. or Amazon. Um, uh, uh, I don't want to say screwball comedy, but you know, <laughs> a, 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 an oddball comedy, I will say. Of a guy r- running a, a used car dealership and then just silly shit happens over the course of a short period of time. Mm. It wasn't all that great. I didn't find it necessarily all that funny. Um, it, 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 even though it was relate, released in uh, 1980, I think, it stank of late 70s comedy to me. Al- almost bordering on naughty comedy. Such as, what, you're talking like Carry On here? or <laughs> no, not, 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 you know, not that madcap. 
it, it's more uh, ugh, it's, it's more sort of incident and, and things that are mm. happening and people trying to take over and uh, all right uh, uh, dodgeball but not funny <laughs> That sounds like the most worthwhile film I've ever. In 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 the sense that you've got a business trying to take over another business kind of thing, mm. and 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 people getting, and then the law coming in, and then then there being a chase. Uh, so it's sort of like that crossed with like the, the screwball car car comedies of the late seventies, but with the humour stripped out. So it's a comedy, but not okay. You're not selling it very well here, are you? To anyone. <laughs> Well, it's not good. It's the thing. All oh, right, okay. So <laughs> even though it, even though it does have, oh, wow, it's got a seventy-five approval rank. I didn't find it fucking funny. Um, other people obviously did. Yes, um, I, it's probably just because it's a Zemeckis early work starring Kurt Russell. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. and, and Bob Gale and Zemeckis do write funny things. Well, they have done. So I don't know. We'll call this a precursor to what was to come. I suppose. Yeah. I have not seen it, although there is something vaguely familiar about looking at it and reading the synopsis here so i might have caught it like one on telly one night or something like that but um, mm. but no it was obviously a highly memorable film and i will be seeking it out with haste at the end of this post uh, podcast <laughs> yeah i think at this time everybody was just going to see um, you know the, like the john the early john landis comedies instead yeah i think so too which, yeah. which were funny Mm. Uh, All right, well, fine, fuck it. On to his first big hit then, which was Romance in Stone. Um, It's been a while since I've seen this, but I do like it. Yeah, same here, exactly the same story. Uh, And as you said, it's kind of going in that sort of Indiana Jones-esque vein. Um, But you've got that, um, because a lot of people go, oh, yeah, Michael Douglas, Catherine Turner, and Danny DeVito sort of working as a sort of trio. That's not the case with the first one. Danny DeVito isn't in it that much and he rarely comes across the two of them in the film mm. he's a much much different part in this first film it, they become more of a trio in the sequel Duel of the Nile because DeVito you know takes um, Jack Colton uh, by gunpoint and they become a sort of uh, a, a buddy team to go help sort of rescue her but in this one it's not the case but it is very much the Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner show yeah. and they had some on screen chemistry like nobody's business they really did yeah um yeah, and they're the only good things about, you know, even the next one, because the next one is, is nowhere near as good as this one. But um, Ben and I already talked about the third film they did together, the three of them did together, uh, which DeVito uh, directed uh, War of the Roses, which is still terrific to this day. Mm. Um, but focusing on Romancing the Stone, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like you said as well, I haven't seen it for, for a very long time, but I do... It was one of those sort of um, staples of, you know, Easter time. It was on the TV and I'd always tape it and watch it. So I have seen it lots and lots of times when I was younger. Yeah. And I do remember it fondly very very well. I always remember the scene where it, where, it, where he machetes the uh, heels off of her stilettos in the jungle and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, to make it, because right. yeah, she's uh, not, I, th- I think they have a plane crash, don't they, in the jungle? And he's like some kind of bushman. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and she's just she's a writer, and she doesn't know how the fuck to handle herself out in the wild, That's so it, he has yeah. to, you know, teach her, teach her the rough stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it took it, many years until I realised that that's you know Michael Douglas, as in who we know as Michael Douglas. Because uh, these yeah. days I have a, a hard time sort of seeing him as a as that kind of role, obviously because he's so bloody old now. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, there's not not a huge amount to say really. Just uh, definitely. Uh, but but stinking of post Raiders of the Lost Ark a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. trying to make it a little bit more uh, sexier as well because mm. I know he um, def- I, 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 even in some of the cheeky comedy because there's that uh, bit that was on the trailer where they they both slide down this mountain and she lands 
on her ass, and then he lands with his face between her legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And back then, that was so like, ooh, ah, cheeky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but I remember some of the uh, violence gets quite brutal, because the, uh, the sort of main, uh, one of the main bad guys gets his bloody hand bitten off by a fucking crocodile at the end, when he's holding that, mm. you know, the, the, the stone. Yeah. Um, which Douglas's character ends up, you know, fucking off after. Yeah. Yeah, there is a bit of bit of brutality in there. Not that comes to things. But then, likewise, you know, um, Indiana Jones for a PG was uh, <laughs> Razor Lost Ark was mm. pretty pretty grim in places with the propeller and stuff. Yeah, kind of melting faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's good. But yeah, uh, good, you, good fun stuff. Can you remember it well enough to give it a rating? Do you think? I do remember it now because now that I'm looking at the cast as well, I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, Alfonso Arau in it, who who was the bad guy in um, Three Amigos." Yes, that's right. El, yeah. El, Gu- El Guapo, you know, he's the guy that helps them out halfway through, and he's he's like, "We can all go with my mule," and it turns out that his mule's a big fucking jeep. You know, uh, yeah, the, the sort of uh, oddball of it, uh, but also, like I said, um, uh, the relationship between these two as. She has to, you know, get used to him. He has to get used to her sort of thing. And then they're screaming and shouting. They mm. do just, just really works. And I remember at one point they find a, a crash plane and they sit in there and it's full of fucking marijuana. And he uses it to make a fire. And he's just like chucking giant, you know, padded up lumps of this shit on the fire and just... Getting baked. <laughs> and she's sort of sitting back looking uncomfortable in the distance. And he's just like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah. You know, now that I, you know, as I'm talking about, it, I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely watch this again. Yeah. Um, and but I'd, I'd want to then go, yeah, fuck it, I'll watch the sequel as well, and then instantly be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can get them on the uh, special edition Blu-ray. I'd love to see if just to see if Jewel of the Nile has the Billy Ocean video with it as well. I had them on uh, DVD, like as a double pack. Um, uh-huh. I got, I, I think I found it in a second-hand shop. And I bought it, and it's still probably on my shelf somewhere, and I've never watched them. Like, literally the last time I saw these films would wow. have been on the telly when I was a kid. So I've owned them and <laughs> yeah. haven't, haven't rewatched them. <laughs> I'm going to watch that music video after we're done with this. Oh, God. It's, it, it, the three of them are, are, are acting as backing singers in the background, wearing these white suits, and it's just fucking cheesy as shit. Well, it was, <laughs> it was the 1980s, you know. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you're gonna do a movie. You're gonna do a music video with it. So yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I'm gonna give this one a nice solid. Uh, oh, maybe not. Because um, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I'm gonna rate other stuff coming after this. Solid. I'll say three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I'll I'll go with a three from memory. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Good stuff. Speaking of yeah. uh, speaking of cheesy songs that almost ruin otherwise decent films. Huey Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were saying when we did the podcast, the Back to the Future, before. Yeah. How many times does that song get played within the first 10 minutes of the film? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I, know, I know that they've got to, like, you know, they're making money out of the, out of the song as well. It was written for the film, wasn't it, I think? But yeah. bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't need to talk too much about the Bats of Future Trilogy because we have done an entire podcast on it with Ben. And, and, and Chris, Chris. Was Chris yeah, there as Chris well? And there. Chris. Sorry, Chris. 
Um, so do go check that out because it's a nice long one and we do really go in depth into all three. Mm. Um, and we were all fans of the trilogy. So I'll just ask you to recap on the first one. Is there anything that you missed that you want to mention or has your opinion on it changed at all since the five-star rating that you gave it? Well, I haven't watched it. Uh, I haven't, sorry, I haven't listened to the podcast since, so I don't know if there's anything that I missed. Um, I would say that it is, uh, it's a defining film of the decade and probably defining film since, so absolutely my rating hasn't changed. It's definitely a top 50 film for me, maybe even top 40. Cool. Uh, yeah, excellent. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's nothing more to say. It's, it's perfect. Mm. I concur. It is, yeah, yeah. my opinion hasn't changed on it at all. It is still a five-star. I mean, gold star to the movie, yeah. so it is great. So we're, we're going to skip over this one. Not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to, we will slow down on the next one, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I always get confused when I think about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It always baffles me that it came out before Batch of the Future 2. Um. I think I know what you mean because I think I always, I, even now, even looking at the date now, I'm like, I, th- I thought that film was made in in like '90 or '91 or something like that, like the early '90s. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, apparently not. It might have been that we no. got a later release over in the UK of it. Yeah. But uh, 1988, yeah. um, it came out. I saw this on a pirate first time round. Naughty. I might have done um, as well, actually. That yeah, does ring a but. Bell. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I have a lot of time for this film, and um, it hasn't been too long since I've seen it, and it is dated really well. Yes. Um, is, yeah. Down to the fact that, you know, Zemeckis knows what he's doing for camera, but he's always, this is him at the beginning of the, I want to start toying with technology to do things that we've never seen before. Mm. Things that he would go on to do in Death Becomes Her with, with her blue screen effects and then Forrest Gump with, you know, incorporating people into old footage and stuff like that. You yeah. know, right up to uh, today when he did the film The Walk uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt about the, uh, the guy that walks across the, uh, the top of the, uh, the two towers. Right, yeah. It's... Um, yeah, I mean, this really became his thing, what he gets passionate about doing. And I think there's only one film from here onwards that I'll point at and go, he's got none of that going on here. And I wonder why. But we'll come to that later. Um, but this one, obviously, it's incorporating animation into uh, uh, real life, which, you know, it had been done a lot before. Mm. But this was the entirety of a whole film and making it a commonplace thing, almost in, you know, most shots throughout the film. Well, also Whether well, you're in the real world or Toontown. Yeah, I mean, the fact that mm. that's, that works in the narrative of the story as well um, yeah. is, is, is really impressive. And mm. I think... I think you're right when you say, you know, I mean, yeah, putting animation uh, and then um, superimposing it over film, sure, had been done before. But I think the idea of sort of your typical Looney Tunes or Walt Disney-esque characters uh, with live-action cinema, I I think that they had tried to do that before in like a little, a short-run feature. But I I think this was the first time it was ever done in a feature length. Or or am I wrong? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Because it, it's one of those films that seems, you know, it, just visually, I mean, it seems like you've seen seen it before, but you mm-hmm. haven't. <laughs> and and that just might be the familiarity of the because uh, there's loads of cameos that they would have had to have licensed from Warner Brothers and from. Um, Disney. Disney. And, yeah. yeah, they're both of them. I mean, that yeah. was the other big thing, wasn't it? Getting both of these companies to go, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. And the great selling point there is that you get to have some of their biggest stars 
cross over or, or share scenes together. And the first one that has an, um, uh, the big impact, and I l- still love to this day, is the piano off <laughs> between <laughs> Donald Duck and Daffy Duck. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, I like both the characters, but I've always been a uh, you know a massive Daffy Duck fan in my youth. Um, so just watching those two ripping hell on each other and shooting cannons and shit, uh, and you know ending on a stalemate, just you know cracks me up to this day. Yeah. Um, but that's the first sort of big crossover of that's you know that's that famous duck, that's that famous duck, and this is them you know clashing together on screen for the first time. Um, what was just magic. Um, yeah, it really was the first yeah. time it happened, and again, it's still servicing the story because it, it, it's at a place where you know you, you would get such a thing happen. So yeah, great. Oh god, I love that. <laughs> so good. It's actually a letdown when you get to you know the, the kings of the two. You know, you get to uh, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. They're sort of in and out for in like you know ten seconds. Yeah, well, they probably even though they are together, they, 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 they probably only up. afford that much screen time. To be honest with you, <laughs> but um, I, I think I think for me, yeah, the, the piano piano off is definitely a good. I think for me though, it's the it's the initial reveal after the opening sequence that the uh, you know that it's it's real world characters. Yeah, with the, the, that, it's a cartoon set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was just Joel Silver screaming at them. Yeah, yeah, blew <laughs> yeah. my mind when I saw that, and the. Um, I remember concentrating on the kitchen floor because it had been hand drawn, and then they'd they'd built a set that with the same you know checkered floor, yeah. but intentionally made the perspective skewed. So That's even right, though it was yeah. real picture, you looked at it and it was like, oh, I, I, you know, were yeah. my eyes tricking me when I was watching you know Roger Rabbit chasing the baby or yeah. <laughs> across the kitchen? But because <laughs> I remember the marketing for this film as well, really heavily like it was bloody everywhere it was on the back of comics and that's why i think we get confused about the dates because i've got a feeling that this had a later release date in the uk because i had the sticker book for this one and all yeah 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 i'm unlikely to have remembered marketing in 1988 to be honest with you that's but i like how they also uh, although you have a cartoon world that you go into later on in the film a lot of cartoon world laws apply in our world um like when the uh, when you've got them g- coming out the studio um and you see all the backstage stuff going on just after the scene you were talking about and he goes outside and he's heading towards the office to have the interview with the guy that's going to hire him yeah and you see this big fat cartoon hippo come out and she sits on a bench and the, and the, 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 the yeah. human guy sitting on the other end of it goes flying up into the sky yeah and yeah. I thought, oh, that's good. So you're all right. So that sort of applies here as well. <laughs> but did the guy die? You know, or or, or because a two? Oh, he probably did just never came down. <laughs> like Keith Richards. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh. Danny DeVito as a pisshead. That's quite. That's 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 worth some mileage. Hey, see Bob Hoskins. You know who I mean. Yeah, 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 Hoskins. Oh, he's terrific in this. He's amazing, yeah. And you, and you think what he's got to work with, which is fucking nothing in front of him. Yeah. It's great. It's really good. And uh, a, a strong performance as well, because he's, he's a pisser, because his brother's been murdered years ago by, well, it turns out to be a cartoon, wasn't Killed it? Killed by a toon, yeah. Yeah. Who was fucking terrifying when I was a child, when I saw Oh, him. my, yeah, it yeah. scared the living shit out of me, especially when his eyes pop out at the head and, oh. Yeah. There's, there's a little, yeah. you're jump, just skipping ahead, but there's that mm. little, there's a little music jingle just after he gets flattened by the steamroller. 
and it's, right. it's really spooky. And then he stands up and blows himself up and takes his eyes out. And he's oh my god, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was crapping oh. myself when I watched. <laughs> it gave yeah, me no, nightmares I, I, for I, weeks. I, no, that, that had the exact same effect on me. Um, uh, Christopher Lloyd was great in it, but literally going from uh, that transition when you find out, and you're absolutely right to mention uh, the music. Alan Silvestri did some yeah. fucking top notch music on here. And I absolutely love... I've actually used some of it on the podcast before to introduce it. It's really fucking good. But that is creepy as hell. Yeah. When you consider, you know, you've just come off of a comedy song and dance routine where he's gotten rid of the uh, the fucking laughing hyenas. Yeah. Um, is it hyenas? No, they're not hyenas. Yeah, they're... they're um, um, oh, what are they called? They've got a name, haven't they? Like a gang name. And I've totally yeah. seen it as well, yeah. Weasels. 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 Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the weasels. <laughs> the weasels. You got the, uh, the the ladies' man Italian one, the fat doofy one, the crazy one, and the fucking um, straight jacket, <laughs> and the one that's constantly smoking, and then the, the sort of wise guy leader. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think half of them are voiced by the uh, guy that voiced uh, Roger Rabbit as well. That wouldn't surprise me, Charles Fleischer. Yeah, but you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're great for and great henchmen to you know to to, to play around with because they can't stop fucking laughing at everything. And, yeah, and everything gets <laughs> fucked up, of course, in typical sort of tune way. That's the yeah. thing I love about um, Christopher Lloyd's character as well, because they, I mean, obviously, because they're doing like this 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 idea of Toontown mixed with real world. You know, they mm. have to, they can have a larger than life character uh, um, villain, and it actually works in in this context. And the fact He's that they make up. him so evil. Like, so yeah. evil, you know, the scene with the shoe is just, like, devastating, you know. You see, <laughs> and that's that's your typical, you know, sort of bad guy do, killing someone unceremoniously just yeah. so you know that they're un- unbelievably evil, but it's fucking cruel. It's horrible, even, even, yeah. And you're feeling really bad for this cartoon shoe, <laughs> <laughs> which has no mouth. It just has a pair of, like, you know, big buggy eyes that are, look really petrified, but it gets stuck into this, you know, acid, tub yeah. of fucking acid. You're just it's like, oh, horrible, my God. Yeah. What think- is the... Um, because they say, oh, what is it? It's called the dip. And they say what's in it. And I think, you know, the chemicals Acetone, in there like, adds, up, adds up to the, the kind of thing. It's like paint remover or something. Yeah, that's it. It's just, <laughs> just paint stripper. Yeah, it's acetone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great way to, to, you know, to have a crossover cartoon and real life story. You know, a detective story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, set in the past, even better. That, that's the other, I love yeah. the fact. Exactly, that's the other thing. Setting like the mm. golden era of both Warner Brothers and Disney, like the forties. Yeah, and yeah, uh, late forties, thirties. No, it would have to be the forties. No, late forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's booze everywhere, isn't there? Prohibition. That's right. But um, <laughs> but uh, I tell you another thing I love is there's never been a sequel or a remake, and I hope that that never and happens. They keep- that that was talked about for a long yeah, time into the nineties, yeah. but it's kind of gone away now. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need a, a I don't need a sequel to this now. No. I could do with a brand new story. It doesn't have to be done this way or set this way, but the, the same premise of the crossover world. Um, and although we've had a couple, I think you know Joe Dante did uh, a, a Looney Tunes one, and they're okay, but they're not anywhere near as good as this. Was that Space Jam? Space Jam was the other one. Yeah. Um, that I don't know who directed that, but Space Jam with the uh, basketball player, and that was Looney Tunes, and then they did, Joe Dante did one with Brendan Fraser. Um, Monkey. Called uh, Looney Tunes Back in Action. Looney Tunes Back in Action, sorry. Yeah, yeah which again was, was sort of like fine. And, and uh, Steve Martin was ramping it up to 11 in that as the bad guy. Um, it was all right. It was, it was fine. Um, but, I mean, this is one that still sets oh, no, the bar. This is, this is because it, yeah. it's... 
you've got to have not just the great script, but you've got to have all the right technical people coming up with these wonderful things, even just to make things look normal, like, uh, you know, a cartoon picking up a glass and drinking it. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, going back to that bar scene where we see um, uh, the two ducks playing, you've got an octopus working the bar. So it's got eight arms working shit and you can see all this shit moving around the room and it looks like it's you know it, it, it's 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 actually using them yeah with all the interaction you know? as well it's like when yeah. jessica rabbit's dancing around all the patrons in the bar and, that's right and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the bit when she gets to the, to the very end of that song and she sort of does that sort of 180 twirl and ends up face to face with eddie valiant right before she sings the last w- word of the song she pulls that pose there's a pause and some guy in the background goes speaking of jessica rabbit is there any mileage in that um fan theory about or you know that rumor about her falling out the car and you seeing up her up her skirt and she's not wearing any underwear what haven't you ever heard that i haven't seen that um I don't know if that's the kind of thing that I want to freeze frame to find no, out. No, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, it's one of those. Because I'm sure we, I'm sure you can do these days with the technology we have. So I'm sure that theory has been put to rest somewhere. Yeah, um, just, I just, I just okay. remembered it just now. But apparently, yeah, there's a there's a cheeky little slit or bush. <laughs> God. You, you <laughs> or, know, there, or brown eye. There was the line, Stephen, and and then there you are over it, <laughs> crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah. Ken's listening and he's like, <laughs> you just had to go there, didn't you, Stephen? You did. Yep. There's so I many, did. there's so many good things to talk about in this film. <laughs> I mean, you know, we just to, just to let anyone uh, listening know, we were going to do a film club about this film. That's why we're spending like a bit of extra time talking about yeah. it. Last minute, we just, we decided in recent form, like we've done with some other directors, let's just do a yeah. quick Zemeckis run through, and then we'll just yeah. talk about Roger Rabbit. But like, I almost want to carry on talking about <laughs> Roger Rabbit now. Uh, yeah. well, anything? Any sort of like major points that we've missed on this one? I mean, um, the the gun. The, I love his gun when he when he finally sort of you know because he hates tunes with, with, the, with the little bullets. Yeah, <laughs> and and when he when he realises he has to go to Toontown to rescue Roger Rabbit yeah. at the behest of uh, Jessica Rabbit, and he gets his old toon gun out, and uh, <laughs> you've got like the little yeah. cowboy one and the little Indian one. Shoots the bottle. Yeah, the, the Indian one he, he shoots as a test bullet, doesn't yeah. it? It whips out a giant fucking tomahawk and smashes the glass in mid air. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are just fucking idiots. That's it, because they're voiced by guys that were like the, the guys at the table in uh, Batch of the Future 3. Yeah. Or at least one of them was when they're watching Doc get pissed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he fires, very fires a couple of bullets, and and they don't know what the hell to do. Where'd he go? I don't know. He went that away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Never any uh, any favorite lines of this? I've always been a fan of uh, Jessica Rabbit's. Um, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah, that's a quality line. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there probably should be, and there probably is, but my my brain's going blank again for some reason now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's full of one liners. The mm-hmm. baby's hilarious. You know, yeah. Um, I know he he comes out with a couple of crackers. I didn't like the baby until he lost his cigar and started crying. <laughs> crying I thought that was genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> Toots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, and and it's all. Uh, I like the fact that the weird because I didn't you know quite get what was going on with the plot when I first saw it as a kid, but it's all to do with. Um, 
uh, commerce and building freeways. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny how the kid's brain works. I, I didn't have yeah. a bloody clue what was going on either, yeah. Well, you don't key into the fact that, oh, he's bought, you know, the, the red car. You're like, what the hell's the red car? You know, the tram yeah. and stuff, and he's shutting it down. It almost sounds like when Boris took over and shut down the fucking bendy bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he just wants to build a, a motorway through Toontown, doesn't he? That's right. The, the, and he's like, you know, but we're stretching for miles, and people can get on and off and stop at hotels and free. And this is actually what has happened in the future. And yeah. everyone's like, this judge is nuts. What's he talking right. about? But there's <laughs> never much motivation, uh, explanation of motivation as to why he, he hates his own kind so much, is there? No. Yeah. Which is no, probably. But a good hey, thing. who needs it when he's that fucking scary no, at the end? No, it doesn't, it doesn't need it at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, good, good, tense stuff. Yay! There you go. If you're if you're too frightened to uh, show your kids Jaws, then st- uh, start them on this. There's a couple of scares in here that you know that will help them out. Isn't Jaws a fifteen? <laughs> well, it's a twelve, it a but 12? it was a PG when it came out back in the day. I mm. fucking saw it as a kid. You know, I, yeah. all right. I still don't go in the ocean, but still. Yeah, we we're talking about <laughs> that. Yeah, like I had difficulty going to the toilet for about a week. <laughs> Yeah, but I was say I was trying to argue with a, uh, a girl at work who who won't show her kids that because she's she's protecting them from it. And I'm like, no, you should. You know, it's all part of growing up. You should definitely show it to them. And they're like, yeah, but you don't go back in the ocean anymore, do you? And I was and because of Jaws, and I'm like, and I kind of lost my argument right there on the spot because I was like, oh yeah, it still has affected me, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still scared of night the water. terrors. Yeah, yeah, it's coming to no get you. <laughs> Uh, okay, right, um, fine, well, well, let's give this one a rating then, and we'll skip on. Uh, actually, any other uh, cartoon cameos in particular that you like, or, or didn't like? I really don't think there was any that I didn't like. Um, or was anyone missing, for that matter? You know, I've been thinking about that since we started talking about it, and... Because um, they all run in at the end, don't you? And I'm like, oh, there's fucking Foghorn Leghorn at last. yeah. Uh, yeah, I always liked uh, Yosemite Sam's uh, cameo at the beginning when he was flying over the wall and his ass is on fire. Yeah, he, he has to put himself in, out in a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think any of the major ones were missing. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. No. Yep, Sylvester, Tweety Pie, they're all there. Yeah, I think the only one that uh, is Tom a skunk and Jerry? in there. Did, did Tom and Jerry? Show they up? are a different company, I believe. Uh, they're not one of the two. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because Speedy Gonzalez, not Speedy Gonzalez, um, whoever, whoever, yeah, all, all the ones that you think, oh, where have they been? They all sort of run in at the end when they all come in and look at the, the body of doom. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Fine. We'll move on then. Mm. I'm going to give this one a solid four and a half. Oh, you, you cold bastard. Oh, I just, look, I just found something on uh, Wikipedia. So it must be true. Apparently, Nancy Cartwright, aka Bart Simpson, yes, that's voiced, right. Yeah, voiced the the shoe that got killed. Oh my god! I'm never going to be able to watch uh, Simpsons ever again in the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Goldwyn Mayer, isn't it? Tom and Jerry. I just had to look that up as well. But they own right. Tweety and Sylvester, and I'm sure that they? they they rock up in um, Thingy, don't they? Hmm, don't know. What about Wally Coyote? Who, is him? Who owns him? Oh, God knows. I don't know. This is going to make for some very interesting Ooh, listening, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was ve- actually, I was very happy that Betty Boop was in there and that she's in black and white still. 
I thought that was a nice uh, bit of uh, sort of social commentary <laughs> within the world. Yes, yeah, the Betty Boot, and, and, yeah, and she's still yeah. black and white. I love that. That's right. She's got a good liner about that, actually, good one-liner. Yeah. Um, Work's been kind of tough since cartoons went to colour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she looks well jealous when Jessica Rabbit walks out. <laughs> It's like the new girl on the block, yeah. Hey, I'd have trouble picking the brunette or the redhead. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Really? Really? <laughs> no, it's always going to be Chitara from Thundercats for me. <laughs> See, you go for the fucking blonde. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Ben's on your side with that one. Oh, we're going to yeah, we're gonna have to move on from this, though, aren't we? I mean, yeah. So you gave it a four and yeah. a half. No, I'm going to give it a five. Fuck it. That's a five. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it's a great nice. film. Always cool. have time for it. Well, moving, uh, we're going to skip uh, by, well, I'm not going to go completely by. Next up was Batch of the Future 2 and 3. Again, uh, we covered those on our Batch of the Future mm. podcast. Um, uh, you and I, I believe, were, were the biggest sort of flag wavers for Batch of the Future 2. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And we were both, and, and we actually, it got to the point where we almost gold starred this movie, but we, we decided against it in the end. Uh, between the team, but you and I are both like, yep, fucking, it is solid. It, it's got its moments where it dips ever so slightly, but it is clever beyond belief. Um, yeah. And I think my uh, stance is still pretty much the same for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the one, you know how we were, when we were talking about Lord of the Rings, and you know, because after you've seen them once, you might just want to watch the third one or whatever, the second one. For me, yeah. when I fancy yeah. Back to the Future, I tend to always watch the second one or start with the cool. second one. I mean, that sounds like, without any discredit to the first one, the first one will always be a five-star film, but I yeah. think the second is my favourite of the three. Um, the second one engages my brain more. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm gonna wa- if I want to watch a classic, I'll go at the first one. If I want my brain to be engaged, I'm like, oh, there's clever stuff going on, and I have to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, I'll stick on that uh, s- uh, second one. Definitely. I don't think there was no. much disagreement amongst the team. I, th- I think Ben's biggest argument, uh, biggest gripe with it, was he didn't like the tone of it. Found it a bit dark in places. Yeah, uh, which didn't. Yeah, and and the, and the Holmes uh, sequence in the future was a bit sort of you know him playing like you know five parts in yeah, one scene, a little bit. Um, um, Eddie, and I was Eddie like, Murphy. yeah, that's 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 fair <laughs> enough. But even that, even that, those scenes have you know their the standout moments. I mean, we were doing impressions of him getting fired by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> fired by Flea, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now the one thing that did happen because we recorded that podcast for Back to the Future Day. Yes, we did, yeah. And that's when it went live. It went live on Back to the Future Day, which was like a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday that uh, that uh, week. And on that day, I actually went to a screening of Back to the Future 2 at the Empire in Leicester Square. Mm. I, uh, I I got tickets for that, and nobody wanted to come. Nobody was free. So I went by myself, and I've still got the spare ticket. Oh, my God. Um, but when I went there, they decked out the... Uh, uh, the area inside the cinema, like the uh, the eighties cafe, mm. and cafe and, ev- and everybody got a free uh, Pepsi Perfect. Is that what it was called? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Pepsi Perfect. Yeah. The uh, so you saw some memorabilia in the balls, and you could you could pick up and you know have a look at the hoverboard and stuff. So I took pictures of it all, the little diner area and stuff. The annoying thing about because ha- there was this massive queue going, and I thought, oh god, we've got a queue, to, you know, get in. But when you get in, there was another massive queue just to get your Pepsi Perfect. And what was making this go so slow was there was a, a girl, an actress, sitting at the counter. Basically, she would ask you, "What do you want?" And you, you, she was basically trying to make you say the line from the movie. You know, all I want is a Pepsi. Mm. 
which is what he says to, you know, uh, what is it, Ronald Reagan and the other dude. Um, <laughs> is it good? Yeah, anyway. What, in the um, TV screens, you mean? Yeah, in the TV screens, yes. and they're arguing with each other. He's like, hey, all I want is a Pepsi. Yeah. And, and as you got closer to uh, the character, you could hear her talking to each person, and it became so excruciating because she was basically repeating herself with every person in this really, really nasty put-on, if it was put-on, American accent. All I want to hear from you is one line, and what's that line? All I want is a, a Pepsi. And then you say, all I want is a Pepsi, and then she'd bang her hands on the counter and say, all I want is a Pepsi. And then up through the, uh, the, 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 the counter, you know, would, would pop up the drink. Basically, there's people behind the wall filling these things up, because it's not like they were sealed. They were, they were very cheap. Yeah. Uh, and, and then come up, and it would be fucking watered down like you'd get out of a bloody tap. Um, and it was annoying. Because there's literally hundreds of people and you're all listening to this woman say the, the same goddamn thing over and over and over again. Bloody and that's man. the thing I took away from this experience. I mean, the film was great because <laughs> it, was, it was an imax size, you know, screen yeah. uh, or Limax, should I say. Uh, you know, the, the big ones in there, uh, that the Empire have got now. They're a cine world now. But anyway, but I managed to actually get up on the balcony as well on the front row, which was nice. Um, so the film was a great experience, but I always remember that fucking broad annoying the living shit out of me queuing up for my goddamn drink <laughs> but you could have just not queued for it given that it was just a publicity stuff oh I had to come home with the, the, the you know the Pepsi perfect thing uh, you know the, 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 the plastic uh, cup and it's not waterproof sadly so you know you, you, if you turn it upside down it will just leak everywhere and I actually did a little video on my uh, Facebook and people were commenting on that. Me doing this little instructional video of how this thing leaks. <laughs> Bloody hell. So in other words, it's not worth a goddamn thing on eBay, so I ended up chucking it out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I can, <laughs> I can totally see that, yeah. You should have stolen yes. the hoverboard prop. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been nice? Because it wasn't chained to anything. It, w- it was simply just there. Yeah, you see um, That would have been nice. Uh, I took, you know, there's a photo of it that I took, but I was like, yep. And it, you know, it looks like, like the, the exact same prop. So, but yeah. And they had uh, a couple of uh, people dress up, look like the characters introduced the film, which was cheesy as hell. God, um, yeah. Can only imagine. Yeah, whatever tour they were on, I was like, oh, God, you guys, like, is this your job? Do you run around, the, run around America with a reel of the bloody film and, you know, come on stage in character and shit? Fuck off. <laughs> Acting's Never a mind. tough job. I mean, these poor, these poor young out-of-work actors, <laughs> like that woman <laughs> with the Pepsi yeah. Max, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, she must have been sick of hearing her own voice by the end of the day. She was probably oh. high as a kite. <laughs> I would have been doing that. Yeah, so I have nothing else to add to the Batch of the Future 2. <laughs> um, it's still, you know, a four and a half, five star experience for me. Five star um, the third away, one yeah. is The third one I think I was the most generous on, but I think now it, I think I might have even given it a four, but I, I think I'm more sort of three and a half for the third one. I can't remember what I gave, but I, I'm, you know, I don't think it like kills the franchise or anything like that. I just think that, no. I mean, how do you say it, what the best and worst of, of three really good, really highly entertaining films are? Um I think it lacks yeah. the cleverness of the uh, of the second one and, and lacks the mm. originality almost of the first one. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it does become much, much more linear in the fact that yeah. most of it is set in the Old West. But, you know, it, it's still fine. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 1992, Death Becomes Her. Oh, yes. No one talks about this film anymore. No, and I, I can I see why, because it is a bit weird. But and, and it's, but it, it's his, uh, he's going much more blackly comic this time round. 
with this um, uh, couple, uh, uh, Bruce Willis, um, Meryl Streep, and Goldie Horn. And I think they're all pretty good in their role. Willis seems a little bit out of place, I, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, interesting concept, live forever. But the fact that if you injure yourself, then you're fucked. You're, you're stuck with the scars or whatever's missing. No, um, I mean, you, um, you, you take, it's, a, it's the fountain of youth. It's a potion that, that keeps yeah. you looking young. But the problem yeah. is, is it's actually an, uh, a, a zombie potion. If you die, you don't actually yeah. die, but your body does. That's the, that's the whole point. So, you, you, you know, you won't look young anymore. You'll start to rot, but you'll never die. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is a bit of an odd one. Yeah, film, Isabella actually. Rossellini. Oh, mm. I like that uh, cameo with the, the nice dark bobbed hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting more and more like Ben. What? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. There. Oh. Mind you, though, Blue Velvet. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> well, I was—I I probably was about to hit my uh, Louise Brooks um, fancy uh, uh, phase back then because I was about to hit college, you know, like the year mm. or two after, and I had a thing about dark brown bobbed hair. Uh, on hot-looking women. <laughs> well, and so, uh, Isabella uh, Rossellini is no exception. So what do you, what do you think of Mystic Meg then? <laughs> I said on hot women, not on any women. There are some complete oh, hounds yeah. out there with, the, uh, with that haircut. And there's right, some men so out there with that, with that haircut. <laughs> that makes me fancy them. A <laughs> couple, of, couple of questions for you then. Did you see this film when it came out? Uh, I saw on Pirates uh, when it came out. <laughs> And you were a, you were a teenager at this point, right? Sixteen. 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 Did you? And you were already a bit of a film buff around about this time as well, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I would say yeah, yeah but no, not anywhere near, near you know what I would be in the, in the sort of like two mm. or three years to follow. Uh, I was at my beginnings, you know. Like I said, this is just pre-college, but I was definitely you know a, a big movie fan. But I would say that I might have known who Robert Zemeckis was, but I wouldn't have known. Like, I mean, one of the writers is David Kep. I know who he is. Mm. I wouldn't have known that at the time. No, you're going, um, way, too I, adv- you're going way too advanced for me because I yeah. was just about to tell you a little. I remember the first time I clocked that it was Bruce Willis and it wasn't right. the first time I watched this film. It was like the second time. Oh, and wow. I, and I was literally like, that's John McClane. <laughs> But I was, I was, uh, I I saw this film. Give my mustache, stick some glasses on him, make him a bit more pudgy looking. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was really young. I was probably about twelve. I shouldn't have seen this film, but I did. And, um, and yeah, no, I just hadn't made that because he's, yeah, literally, he's overweight. He's got, he's got bloody like you know, longer hair. He's wearing glasses. He's playing. He's not playing a heroic like character. And he obviously just didn't, didn't compute in my head. You know that this is. This is Bruce Willis, you know, and it yeah. was it was shortly after that that I started realizing that he, you know, he was much more of a versatile actor than uh, yeah. than maybe I'd previously believed. Because of course, he went on to do Twelve Monkeys, and okay, he plays quite a tough guy in that, but you know, he's yeah. what a performance in that film, and um, it's just a pity he sort of lost his way a bit recently. He has no time for uh, bothering, for old, yeah, for bothering, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, but no, yeah. I, this this film I, again is another one I absolutely love, and unfortunately, it's one of those films that I always forget it exists, and then and then every three or four years I remember, uh, get hold of it, watch it, whatever you know, like wait for it to show up on Netflix or something, watch it. God, that's brilliant! I love that film, and then it's got literally I forget about it within a week, like it's forget <laughs> it even existed, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, I'm just looking down the cast list and I've saw a name that might perk Ben's interest. Um, I don't think you'll know who this is, so I'll be quick with this. Right, there is an actress uh, down the cast list called Michelle Johnson, Mm -hmm. okay? And uh, she is responsible for, um, you know, when you're growing up as a boy and, you know, you start thinking about certain things. Um, She is responsible for my first sort of, you know, film... No. A- actress on screen film thought for that sort of a thing and it was called Blame It On Rio where she played the daughter of Michael Caine's mate and she had an affair with Michael Caine that was a, a, a weird comedy it wasn't very good but you saw her topless basically right. um, And the, but the ironic thing about this is that she's blonde <laughs> yeah, but only you make a big deal okay. out of this but that's what I'm saying the irony is, is that she, that was the first person that I saw in a film that I was like twang well, you know, you, this, this, when you're a, a young man of that age, you know, you're just, Maybe the, Maybe the hormones are <laughs> Well, crazy. exactly. You're not, you're, you're not in control of yourself. <laughs> yeah, but you're not, well, not, I would say more of a, a, a brunette blonde, but still, anyway. But I, I but I'm think Ben will, will, will know that. He'll, he'll definitely know that film. Um, and he might well know that actress as well. So there you go. That's one for Ben. I think it was... Um, <laughs> Interesting. I just saw it. In that. I think it's got, it's got to be weird science for me that did did that Dark initial. Kelly the Rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Don't worry. That that, that, yeah. that was one as well. <laughs> that was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, death, death, death becomes. I developed my taste when I saw The Rocketeer and saw um, Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> uh, well, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I was like, this is what I like. This is what I'm always going to like forever. Yeah, until, the, the, until she the went anorexic. Tragedy of of Jennifer. Well, with nowadays with Jennifer Connolly, of course, is that you know we. I was a I was a boy when I saw her in Labyrinth. It was okay, you know. And yeah. now I feel slightly awkward when I watch Labyrinth because of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's like when people say um, it's when you are an adult and you see a girl. And then they grow up, and then you think they're hot. That's awkward. But yeah, if you were yeah. a boy, then yeah. that's fine. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, I would never say, Core, I think that um, Natalie Portman is hot, because when I first saw her, she was a kid. And yeah. if, in my yeah. opinion, her body hasn't developed that much since. No, um, yeah, so, that's a fair point. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. So yeah. then I kind of go, Ugh. but no, I, I was a kid when Labyrinth came out. Jennifer Connelly's older than me anyway, so mm. no, that makes that, that's fine, in my opinion. And then, of course, her, my impression of her is tainted by the whole arse to arse scene in Requiem for a Dream, which is a brilliant, yeah. brilliant film. But one of those films, everyone I talk to says the same. What an amazing film. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> literally I, yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's of... dragged there by Keith David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going off the that. point here slightly, though. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking We're about? We're talking about <laughs> Death Becomes Her, Meryl Streep, Gordon, a... Bruce Willis. All right, fine. Um, um, yeah, so the film itself, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, um, I guess, but it's, it's not one that I've really gone back to. Um, no, I know what you mean, it's weird though. So if I watch it again, I'll either go, oh, this is just dated and that, because I don't expect the, many of the uh, effects. I mean, um, the big one was when uh, Goldie Horn gets shotgunned in the belly. Gets the hole, yeah. And, the, then, and then the camera sort of looks through and you're like, oh, um, I mean, I'm sure all that's sort of semi-fine, but I remember it just sort of ending in an odd way because they have to try and get hold of Willis and he has to make his escape, which he, he, he sort of just does because I remember they're the running across the rooftop of this place and he ends up falling, but he lands in the swimming pool and then he just sort of toddles off and he escapes. And then, but, but the coda is funny, which is them yeah. attending his funeral many years later and they're having to look after each other and 
and and then they end up tripping and falling and busting into loads of pieces. Yeah, uh, but they're still alive. Because the whole so, point is they want him to take the uh, take the potion, don't they? So that he uh, can look he after can, them for the he, yeah, for the rest yeah, of eternity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't end in a way, but it does. It, it ends in a way that I think a lot of films should end. Everything isn't mm. all right in the end, but then it's a, yeah. it's a funny film. Do you find, like, stylistically, there's something very about this era, this early '90s era? You had you had the Adams Family, and you had this film, and you had the you know the <laughs> witches. Um, the oh, wi- that's right, the witches. Um, not, uh, well, both the Roald Dahl one and the um, the Witches of Eastwick. That was slightly earlier, I think. That was earlier, yeah. Yeah, but there was there's something there, isn't there? With these, I don't know what it was. It the whole world well, I mean, went a bit I mean, goth uh, for a while. Yeah, the, uh, well, I mean, there's the obvious uh, gothic qualities. I yeah. mean, uh, I, I mean, uh, Adam's family and this. I mean, straight away you're like that. They are full of lots of bloody, you know, lightning and. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, stormy uh, evenings going on, <laughs> and yeah. whenever something dramatic or funny happens, sometimes you'll get a crack of lightning. I think even when Rosalini's handing them the uh, potion, and she goes, "And now a warning!" After she's drank it, now a warning. Yeah, um, yeah, um, that sort of business going on. So yeah, uh, but the, you've also got the, uh, the 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 weird camera work going on in uh, as well in both of those films. There's yeah. different cinematographers. I mean, this one was uh, oh Dean Cundy. He did the thing. Mm. Um, but there's definitely that sort of dark weirdness going on that Zemeckis put into this and that Barry, um, or Barry, fuck it, who's the guy that did uh, The Addams Family? Uh, Both of them. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. Uh, Thank uh, you, yeah. it is Barry. Um, it, you know, going, I mean, The Addams Family, it has to be there for what it is, but this, you know, too, to an, ex- uh, to an extent. But there is also still the big gothic-y house that they're staying in. We're, we're yeah, I mean, I'm just su- I'm such a sucker for that kind of thing and that era yeah, and why my, not? you know the way my nostalgia works with that particular era of mm. cinema that I I can't help but sort of you know elevate uh, these films in in terms of ratings. Yeah, but I mean, um, these ones are great in in that respect because they've got mm. the budget, so they can get hold of a locations and b build impressive sets. Mm. Um, and you know, and both sets of those films have very good cinematographers. So they know how to film it. So yeah, no, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing too. But I, I know mm. exactly. I mean, there was a bit of that around about this time, which is cool. Did we get anything well. like that? Yeah, yeah. Do we, about, yeah, Did we get well, anything man. like that these days? That isn't just you know. I mean, we probably do, but it doesn't seem like it, like it to us, like it did at the time because we were young. So I'd say, mm-hmm. like with all these bloody vampire films, and you know, like vampires always become popular like every ten years or so. So I suppose sort of more recently, you know, with the Twilight shit and the, you know, and Harry Potter and all that. I guess it's it's like the the equivalent. If you speak to somebody who was impressionable when those yeah. films were new, you know, they might say the same, but. Yeah, Harry Potter, I guess, because you've got the you know the big school that they go to. Um, mm. I guess when I've watched them, I've never sort of paid too much attention to the cinematography that's going on. You just kind of go, oh yeah, whoop, whoop, look, a world of magic. I think they they fill this that screen too much with too many mm. people running around doing stuff. Um, not that that's a bad thing. I mean, it's a fucking school. Um, whereas here, you've got a smaller cast running around bigger spaces, so mm. it, it pops more for the eye. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, so rating for this one, I think I am, because I'm going off a long memory, I'm going to have to split it down the middle and say two and a half, but maybe a three. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to seem too eager beaver and too generous, but I'm pretty sure 
I mean, I've just actually, weirdly, I've just ordered this film because it popped into my memory, probably because uh-huh. I knew we were going to talk about Zemeckis, actually. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, no, I haven't got, I've got it on VHS. And I thought, right, I'm going to grab that. And I've just ordered it. So Where I don't do want to be. keep all your VHS tapes? In a, uh, you know, I've got like a bed and the drawer comes out the bottom. All right. They all go in there. Yeah. How many have you got? Uh, Roughly. Probably about 50, 40 or 50. Not many. I got rid of a load. Yeah. Can you take I a saw... pic? Have you got them all sort of facing up so you can see the spines? Yeah, I think so. I can take can you a take a picture of them? I want to see what you've got. That'd be, uh, that <laughs> would just be an interesting photo to look at. Go, oh, he's got this old thing. Oh, he's got that. I've got a lot of or dodgy eighties B movie stuff <laughs> Luke's from Talking beyond. Trilogy. <laughs> no, from beyond the keep, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. I've got Society actually as well on VHS. Which is if you ever end up chucking them out, keep the covers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Dark Crystal, obviously. Nice. All the classics. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely had this on VHS, or not, I still do. But um, mm. so you know, it's hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I would, I would, I would go four with it. But because okay. I haven't rewatched it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say three and a half, just so I don't sound so retardedly um, <laughs> eager. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that works for me with this film is I can't help it. I'm very sorry. I'm a really big Goldie Hawn fan, and it's not to do with you know sort of being attracted to her or anything yeah. it's just that I, for some reason every time I've seen her in a film whilst I was growing up I always found it highly entertaining and she looks couldn't... spooky as hell in this because she's got those weird eyes yeah. Uh, yeah. and the red hair so she looks uh, uh, good in, the, in in this film in that respect but yeah no I, I well you know I, I don't like Goldie Horn. <laughs> yeah the last time I, I remember us talking about her was she's the be... uh, Spielberg film mm. yeah the Land Express. This has got to be the only film where Meryl Streep was not nominated for a fucking award. Unless she, <laughs> yeah. un- unless she was. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just assuming. Uh... <laughs> oh, fuck are. off. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> off. Golden Globe nominated. Oh, dear. And a Saturn Award she was nominated. Oh, Isabella Rossellini won the Saturn Award. Good for her. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we should we should probably we should probably move on. Yeah, but let's, each time let's, we yeah, talk about stick the because... pedal down. All right, well, uh, well, next up was the uh, his big one, um, yeah. Forrest Gump, which he won uh, uh, the Oscar for, uh, the film and director. Um, Tom Hanks got his second uh, award uh, two years in a row for actor, and everyone knows what this one's about. And I saw it, and I fucking hated it. Um, and I saw it again and I fucking hated it and I've seen it maybe a third time and I just can't get on board I don't yeah. I, I, I like the uh, I like the the idea of the story of this guy coming through time and popping in and out of these uh, uh, very very famous things that happened in time whether it's a war or being part of a competition or discovering something or even just meeting people on the on the TV you know going in and out of uh, modern culture and and having an effect one way or the other um yeah I it's mean, a great idea, doesn't, but I, <laughs> it was a yeah it was a great idea and essentially a fun idea but i just, something about it just made me go that it it, it still, I just still came out just feeling a bit sort of morose and no, nah, I, I just wasn't, I just didn't enjoy it. Well, it's because it was a sad film, but it's yeah. interesting that you sort of pull out those bits initially, you know, they're, they're your first comments because I kind of see them as very secondary to the core story, which is, of course, basically Janet, you know, yeah, the love story, which is, you know, which quite tragic in a way. Yeah, um, I kind of, I, I sort of appreciated the 
It did get a bit ridiculous. Okay, you know, he, he was in Vietnam and then he, you know, met JFK. All right, okay, you know, yeah. but then he meets Nixon, doesn't he? And I think he meets another president as well, and he's there yeah. with John Lennon gets shot, and you know, it's just like one one thing after another. It starts to get a bit yeah. long winded, but I kind of saw those as nice little nods. The, the dumbest you know. thing was when he's doing all that running, and someone gives him a t-shirt, and he wipes yeah. his face, and it's the fucking <laughs> the have a nice house. day, and you're just yeah. like, what? Fuck off! <laughs> um, come on, now you are just taking the piss. But yeah. uh, I, I actually, I I really liked uh, Gary Sinise. Um, yes, as Lieutenant yeah. Dan. Lieutenant um, Dan. Dan. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> See, this is the other thing that bugs me. It's just so easy to take the piss out of this film. But it, it, all the famous quotes annoy me, and they annoy me as much as uh, Asta La Vista Baby from Terminator 2, which I, I fucking loathe. That. Yeah, um, I can but see But the that. Whole, you, you yeah. know, life is like a box of chocolates. Run, Forest, Run. That's run, Forest, one. Run. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's God. permeated other films as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you oh, ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it kind of bugs me. The, the um, problem with films like this is is they're 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 often extremely well written, extremely well made on a on a budget, and you you can't deny that for whether or not you enjoy the film or not, it's it's bloody well made. There's some oh, excellent yeah. effects yes, in of course there. It is. Um, it does tug on the heartstrings the first time you watch it. At least mm. it did for me. Mm. The problem is, is I and they're Oscar fodder and they have no longevity. There's no rewatchability here. Mm. It's too long be, to, to have rewatchability. Um, yep. And and also, it's th- these kind of films are not as effective on the rewatch. Um, and yeah, that's I don't the think problem. so. Yeah, yeah I, I on, and I don't know how many people i think a lot of people that like this film originally still like it but not that many yeah. people talk about it i mean most people were pissed off this year uh, certainly film hounds because it beat pulp fiction to the award now yeah i'm not the biggest pulp fiction fan but i You're do not, think it's no. better than this but for me i was pissed off because um I think what should have won was the Shawshank Redemption, which I know is the other big everyone loves that. Yeah. But there's a fucking reason because it's really fucking good. Well, I mean, <laughs> in, interesting. You know, I was I was going to mention Shawshank Redemption as well. It's 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 the same ilk of film. It's still an Oscar fodder film, but it mm. is a better film. Oh um, yeah, yeah, it is a better story, and it's yep. yeah, it's still that's the other word. It's again, it's sanctimonious, just like this film is, and just like another film that we're going to be talking about in Zemeckis's. Uh, Filmography coming up fairly soon as well, Sean which is another said one. Sanctimonious, everyone take a shot. Well, it is though. <laughs> you know, it's I can't help it. I, I it, it Go jars on, me. Call someone twatish. <laughs> no, well, you know, twatish. You know, I haven't I haven't had the uh, the need to yet. All right, fine. But don't you know, don't you agree? No, I, you know? yeah, no, I do. I do absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, there you go then. Um, I, and uh, you know, I'm never going to own this film. Uh, I don't know what the other half thinks about it. I might see actually if like, do you like Forrest Gump? Or if she's not seen it, I might stick it on just to see because she gets, she will walk away from a film within ten minutes if she gets bored. My so, other half hates it. She absolutely yeah. hates this film. Um, so. But then again, she might be like, oh no, I love that film. In which case, I might, I, I will actually sit down and watch it again to see what effect it has on me now. But I don't think it's good. Probably bored. Oh wow, Haley Joel Osment paid Forrest Gump as a kid. Oh no, Forrest Gump Junior. So that's his son. He plays the son. Mm. Oh, there no. we go. It was another. It was another actor who uh, who played Forrest Gump as a kid. Who weirdly, if you if you watch Stranger Things on Netflix, uh, like Eleven looks a little bit like the actor who played the young Forrest Gump. Yeah. They've got like the same haircut and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a side by side. You can do a separated at both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think we need to. Yeah, the film's long enough already. We don't need to talk. Yeah. About so, it. oh god. Yeah. Right. So I'm giving it a two. Yeah. And, I mean, and all go- those points go towards you know technical achievement and Gary's sure. things. For sure. I mean, yeah. I'll go. Uh, no, I'm going to be a bit more generous. You know, it's, 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 it is what it is. You know, if you haven't seen it, you should probably give it a look if it's on the telly. But I, you know, I doubt you'll get attached to it. So I'll give it a three. It's a very sort of average Oscar fodder film. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, now I just want to mention at this point, um, although you know we mentioned people like Spielberg being executive producers, um, Zemeckis had uh, a company, I think, with Joel Silver and maybe some other people called Dark Castle Entertainment, and they would normally churn out horror films. So uh, Zemeckis, uh, you know, has been a producer, sometimes writer as well, on some of these, you know, dodgy horrors that have come out. And it's been things like um, the Tales from the Crypt movies in the uh, the 90s, I believe. Um, and uh, uh, the Frighteners might have been on there as well, actually, because he was a producer on the Frighteners for uh, Peter Jackson. But it there was, was also yeah. the remake of The House on Haunted Hill, 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ship, that one with that great opening and the rest of it's shit. <laughs> yeah, I know Goth- exactly, yeah. Yeah, Gothica, uh, the, the reboot. Yeah, Hell so Barry, I just wanted to Gothica, sort of yeah. just mention that he d- usually these films were no bloody good, but they were much more for the, the adult crowd and I appreciate him sort of having that company going to you know, to try and sort of uh, keep that sort of work in the mainstream, as it were. Yeah. Even though, even though there were a, a lot of them relied on dodgy CGI effects of the late nineties, and they were fucking dodgy as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. At least those films were, you know, hour and a half, hour and twenty minutes, and a, a gore fest. You know, I see. Mm-hmm. Thirteen Ghosts was pretty entertaining i think from what i remember i think i was hammered when i watched it though yeah it, 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 i mean it shot its wad in the opening scene when all those people die uh, and after that it just made no fucking sense and and, and a lot of death should get sort of off screen or something so but yeah, yeah. you know but whatever but his next um uh directing uh effort was three years after forrest gump 97 and it was contact with um jodie foster and matthew mcconaughey now uh, this is the one that i've watched yeah. the most recently and and I re- I do actually really like this film. I initially had huge reservations about the ending, and to a point I still do, because um, I do kind of go, well, what was the fucking point? <laughs> um, honestly, what was the goddamn point of, of, of saying, hey, we exist, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll tell you, but we won't let anyone else believe you. Um, although it's sort of left, you know, to, to the point of opening of oh there is stuff out there but it it, 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 it oh, yeah I don't want to talk about the ending too much because it, it still sort of half irks me a little bit I mean yeah it, th- does me, yeah it does me as well yeah the only <laughs> other thing that irks me a little bit is uh, Jodie Foster's not her not necessarily her performance um, it's more the character it's more sort of why did the character have to have these flaws why did she have to be a bit of a daddy's girl with a dead daddy um and uh, and a couple of other things because it it, it kind of makes her journey in the film that much harder, almost uh, on purpose. I would have much preferred it if she didn't necessarily have any issues in life personally um, that were as this as big as this that were exploited against her. Um, I would have much preferred it if she was just much more the uh, focused on the work, and she is very focused on the work in, in, in this film. But um, you've also got that thing uh, where it's like, oh, but you know, she, she, she's she's sort of not getting to know Matthew McConaughey because she's got fucking issues with um, 
you know, creating a connection with someone. And, I, and is that half the point of the film? Is well, it about sharing contact with one another first? <laughs> I mean, that's, it'd be interesting to see what the original treatment was for this film. Because if it was, mm. you know, the idea of sort of, you know, making first contact with aliens and, you know, you've got this sci-fi MacGuffin and then you, uh, you know, then you have to sort of like... Uh, work some characters into it in order to make it not just the bloody, you know, yeah. <laughs> brainless sci-fi film. Which one they did first, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> if you ever hear about, um, if you ever hear a good writer talk about, you know, how, how it is that they 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 write well, they will always say, you yeah. know, well, we create the world first and then populate it with, uh, with characters, with interesting mm. characters. You sort of create the history or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in this film, you know, I'm, I'm, I am curious about what came first. You know, did they write a character piece first and then decide to yeah. set it against the backdrop of this, um, this sort of sci-fi-ness? Or did they have, come up with the... Have you read the book? Because it's uh, Carl Sagan who's sort of fairly well known in this realm i'm guessing ben probably has i'm well, I'd imagine ben would have done i can follow it up straight away i haven't read the book and i certainly didn't know that carl sagan had anything to do with it but knowing that now it oh, almost yeah. definitely would have come from the sci-fi first because yes, Carl sagan yes. was. he, yeah, he wrote yeah. the book but he also co-wrote the uh, screenplay as well that's interesting yes yeah. um i and do then, think uh, the film chris is... nolan and his brother copied it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, um but I do think that um the film is littered with very interesting supporting characters. Even Tom Skerritt's uh, b- bad guy David Drumlin, I mm. think is a very interesting character the way that he politically moves in the same world as her. Um but I mean you've you've also got great turns from it, it, people uh, James Woods, um uh, Angela Bassett, I mean obviously Matthew McConaughey's there. Jake Busey um is religious fanatic. <laughs> Um, might have been a step too far, but you know, but I don't mind um, uh, Jake Busey, uh, David Morse as a dad, and then obviously uh, William Fickner as well, who was mm. one of those actors at the time where it was uh, he would become more famous uh, beyond this, if you see what I mean. But you always saw him in, in those films. I think the year after he did Armageddon, where he was you know one of the guys that went up with Bruce Willis. Um, so a good cast. Yeah, he's a good cast. I'm just looking at it myself now. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, he was in it. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Um, uh, I also listened very recently to the uh, the podcast. Uh, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, film Sack. Film Sack covered this film, and mm. it's one of their better episodes. They did a really good job, and they're reporting out some very interesting things that I hadn't thought about before. There's an interesting scene when she when she has the flashback to her dad dying. She runs up the stairs to get his pills, and the camera does this funny trick where suddenly it becomes a shot that was shot into the mirror of the cabinet that she's going to. Mm. So it sort of reverses itself, this shot, it, but which makes no sense because you've already followed her all the way up the steps getting there. So, yeah, so it's a very, very uh, sort of weird technical thing that Zemeckis uh, has done there. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, was that even necessary, creating that shot? Probably not, no. Probably you know, just, or, or is he... it for the did it for the lulls. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I oh, we're, we're talking because we're looking at parallels that there is now, aren't they? If we're doing mirror yeah. work, there could, um, there could have been some hidden meaning to that, I suppose. Yeah, I, I can't. But, I certainly can't remember it in that much detail. <laughs> I mean, all I remember about this film is um, good, you know, good watching. To go, I'm good to go. Good to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 they put the bloody chair in it, don't they? Because I. <laughs> 
I like that. I like that when they said, look, this thing's not supposed to have a chair. And you find out why. Because <laughs> when she gets out of it, the thing just goes clang yeah. onto the like, ceiling. You're like, whoa, if she was that, in that, that, she would be a dead woman. Well, that <laughs> feeling of stillness when it, st- when it finally breaks off, you know, because it wasn't yeah. by design, anything they put in there. Yeah. Yep. The vibration. Yeah. <laughs> But getting up to the whole <laughs> launch, I, I really enjoy literally all the drama from the beginning of the film right up to that. It's, it's literally yeah. that third act that gets sort of problematic for me. I mean, the effects now, I mean, yes, okay, they're a bit dated. And, you know, the whole wormhole thing has been done to death in the 90s with <laughs> space travel. But you kind of like, who cares? Um, complete, but- complete with the uh, demonstration of how wormhole works by folding a piece of paper in half and putting a pencil through it. How many fucking <laughs> films has that been in now? Yes. Uh, no, I'm not saying it was in this film. I'm just saying. No, no. What, well, it was. Death. It yeah, was. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What was it? The, uh, the Sam Neill one. Event Horizon. Thank you. Event yeah. Horizon, and then it was done in fucking Interstellar, which also. It's, you know, it's been in something else as well. I saw it in something else recently. Really? I think it's a TV show wow. or something. Yeah. I was like, really? You didn't yep. do that? Yeah. God. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you, actually. I mean, I remember the first time I watched this film, I sort of remember thinking, God, this is bloody boring. But I think that's because I went in with the wrong uh, attitude. I thought it was going to be, yeah. you know, this sort of like blockbuster sci-fi, more in- entertaining than it is. Um, yeah. Well, you're coming off um, uh, the previous year was Mars Attacks and Independence yeah. Day, Independence which were action Day, films yeah. so and comedies, but this is actual drama. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I do love the, uh, the first one they build, though, uh, blowing up. On the, on the platform, the first, yeah. Uh, sp- yeah. Jake Busy's bloody crazy fucking nutter up there, with yeah. his big teeth. <laughs> he, he does that weird sort of look into the camera and sort of you know goggles his eyes away and turns at the same time away from it. So weird. There's, I tell you what, though, there's one line that grates me so badly, or it's it's, it's a line and a and a part of the story as well. Like the mm-hmm. idea that she can't, Jodie Foster's character can't represent humanity because she doesn't believe in God, so she doesn't yeah. have a balanced. You know, she's a scientist, and then she's got to believe in God as well in order to tick all the bloody boxes. Yeah, um, what, the excuse was someone said, you know, uh, you know, how can you, uh, we send someone who thinks 95% of the planet is wrong, yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. in, in some <laughs> deity of thought? And I, I actually, I, every time I hear that, I always go, do, do 95% of the planet <laughs> think that there is a God of some sort? Is it that high? I don't fucking think it is. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is either. I don't think it's that I, high. I, now, I, you know, a deity of some sort. You know, you believe in something. Yeah. Um, all right, fine. I, I will certainly go. It, it, it's certainly in the majority. But I'm like ninety five percent. Am I actually in the five percent? <laughs> yeah. And then and then when you've got when they're selecting her and she she initially loses the job, doesn't she? Because yeah, somebody gets killed. Outed yeah. myself as an agnostic. Math, Matthew McConaughey's character basically stabbing her in the back. I mean, I just thought you twat. You know, no, but go, I liked Stephen, it. Because, well, I, I, I liked that, um, and and he. Do you believe in God? Le- yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, I don't know. Yeah, he admitted to you know her to to her later on that it was it was mainly because he he didn't want her to go, um, which is you know fine. I like that because um, he is kind of the one pining after her. She's the one that's been blocking him. Yeah, um, all along the way. So I, I didn't mind that so much, and 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 it does give you that good sense of uh, 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 drama. You know, being confronted by someone that you know you have those feelings for. Whereas on the other hand, you've got the guy that you expect it from as well, being Tom Skerritt's character. But even Tom yeah. Skerritt's character is reasonably sympathetic to her, even after he's won. 
um, to a point. You know, he's not a cunt, a complete prick about it. Um, he does actually say, you know, if we lived in a perfect world, you know, you would probably get your way, but that's not the world we live in. You know, he's honest with her, you know, at that point, the last time they speak with Well, no, other. but I mean, that's how it should be in these kinds of stories anyway, because people, yeah. you know, nobody, life isn't like that. But, you know, yeah. people are shades of grey. They're not bloody evil or good, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, I always I always admire when you see that kind of depth of character in a, in a film. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, feel well if they had to do it over again, he would still do, you know, still fuck her over again. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. Um, but I like that because she then in turn gets to go into control of them, and she's the one that alerts him to the problem when it happens. It's just that they are unable to avert it. So you know, I, I like that uh, uh, breadth of drama, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to you're evil, I hate you, and and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, so any any other roller. yeah any other bits you want to. Point out on this one before we move on. I mean, on? it's as you said. I mean, because you've seen it fairly recently, it sounds like you've. Um, I don't think there's much I could add, having not seen mm. it for a while. Um, definitely floats my boat in the in the sci-fi kind of fan way. Bizarrely, yeah. as you've been talking about it, I can remember it surprisingly well. So mm. it's obviously had some kind of uh, impact. Well, would you um, put this in the same sort of bracket as the likes of uh, pre- uh, like more recent films like Predestination and uh, Ex Machina, where it's, it's science fiction that makes you think? I mean, I would like to, but honestly, no, because I think, and I, I think it's 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 nothing to do with the with the performances or the or the cast or the the human side of it. I think that yeah. if you're going to do the the whole, you know, contact from alien race and and you know what is that actually going to mean? Um, for us as a, as a species, you know, what kind of impact that's going to make? I th- I just think it hasn't been done well or right yet, not in this film or in any other film. Whereas, for example, Ex Machina handles the whole idea of you know AI tricking you into thinking it's it's human uh, and all of that business. I think it handles extremely well in a way that I you know that's done to death as well. But I think that in that film is particularly powerful. Um, so no, uh, what was the other one? You predestination again? No, because like I said in my review of that, I mean, I I really feel that that is the finest example of a temporal paradox in in a film. Oh, maybe not, maybe Primer, but you know what I mean. I, I don't think that Contact is groundbreaking enough. In a nutshell, <laughs> there we go. Could have said that to begin with. And Stephen's probably muted his uh, microphone right I'm now. I'm listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> letting you speak the interesting one is i mean how does this i mean the obvious comparison is interstellar which is more recent than this <laughs> um i mean to be fair i mean they share the same similar themes uh but in actual fact the the, the plot is reasonably different but i mean where do you stand with that or should we save that in well, case that, we talk about that one? Or? No, that one I like. I mean, we'll get into that when we do Chris Nolan, but that one mm. I like because it, it does go the whole way. Contact, for me, it feels like it doesn't go the whole way. You, she goes on a trip, she gets there, and she gets sent back with nothing. And yeah. it's only, and, it's, and, and she's been led to believe that she's fucking half crazy, but they have got, you know, 18 hours of static on her take. So they know that she did actually, or potentially went somewhere with something. It's the fact that the writers either didn't have the intellect or just the balls to go for, and I'm not saying fucking you know the ending should be the abyss where they just come away from hey we're all here but something <laughs> better than you're not ready yet <laughs> yeah that, it really does if, if we weren't ready they should have and, and I get the you know small steps and, and, and make it an easy process but I would have liked something a little bit more than that 
I mean, as, as, as I'm sure, I mean, but then again, maybe I'm just sharing the frustration that the character has because um, she's ready, but the rest of the world not necessarily is. Personally, I think um, uh, intelligence from a, from outer space, if they got in contact with us, they would at least have it stamped solid that they do exist and let the world know that while we're not meeting them tomorrow, that they are out there because that in itself would have a huge impact on the planet. What yeah, happened, we'd you know, probably on our all real start planet. killing each other. And, <laughs> no, not necessarily. Things might, you know, start, uh, you know, uh, working for the better. You never know. Yeah, you never and know. that's the whole thing. But I could have also done without it being a, a hallucination of her dad as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. Quite, I'm, I'm a bit done with dad issues. Yeah, in films, you know. The only, the, I only give that half a pass. It's like okay, and the setting is a drawing she did when she was a kid, so it's all for her the benefit of her mind. It's the whole him saying I love you and giving her a hug and a kiss when it's not actually him that bothers me. It's like, you just said that you're an alien and you took on his form. Don't actually treat her like she's your child then. Intergalactic rapist. Yeah, exactly. What's going on there? You know, perv in disguise. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit holodeck, isn't it? You know, the whole thing. I mean, maybe that's actually... (laughs) Maybe that's actually... Computer and program. (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh shit (laughs) yeah oh I don't know I don't know yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one it is I mean yeah Um, yeah I mean you sound like you love it except for the (laughs) yeah I do I'm going to give it a four because I I do put it in there in the the more sort of clever science fiction but it it just could have yeah, I, I, I'm just always niggled. I, I get what they're saying. It's, it is just a, a bit of a sort of a letdown. But I also feel that the writers wouldn't know what to give us. I don't think we, they know how to... Because they're basically saying, the, here is something that we don't even know how to conceive of in our minds. So yeah. therefore, they can't show it to us because even they don't know how to conceive it and show it to us. Instead, it's better to... Uh, take it in the way and show it from something from her mind, her dad and the beach and blah, blah, blah. So fine. I get that, but it is still kind of a cop out. So you lose a point (laughs) Four. I think I'll give it a three. That's again, mostly from memory. So I'm sorry for the crappy uh, score, but uh, it certainly isn't a bad film. I will say to you though, that, you know, Warner brothers, when they had their horrible old blu-rays with their, you know, the, the, the 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 cardboard cardboard covers. Yeah. (laughs) This one was one of the few Warner brothers ones that actually had extras. It had not one, not two, not three, but four audio commentaries. I thought you were going to go four trailers, <laughs> four, four languages to pick from. <laughs> Subtitles, four only. commentaries, bloody hell, including Zemeckis, I take it, including and, uh, Zemeckis, and even Jody, even Jody Foster did one. And I'm guessing the other two were probably technical. You're probably mm. on the Blu-ray as well now, but yeah, the the the, the early DVD uh, had all that, so you know. Points. Well, there to you them. go. To be fair, I mean that was about the time where DVDs were. It was getting to the point where people almost demanded these extras, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember, because um, most films that came out then, especially Warner Brothers films, were terrible. But um, I remember the turn, what film it was, the first one I saw, where it was like, bloody hell, they've gone to town, you know, with these extras. And it wasn't The Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was on a re-release, I think, But when they did that. But anyway... Yeah. Yes. Right, right. Moving on. Uh, well, these two sort of come together because he started to make Castaway with Tom Hanks, and then halfway through the production, shut down, and he made What Lies Beneath with um, 
Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. And then after that, he went back to finish off Castaway after Tom Hanks had lost a bunch of weight. Um, but mm. What Lies Beneath was, although it was started second, it was finished first, uh, came out first, What Lies Beneath. Now, this is the one that I referred to earlier on as the one that isn't quite w- what he was normally doing um, in terms of pushing technology forward. Um, this mm. is more a very straightforward Hitchcockian type thriller. Um, and I was excited to see it. You know, Harrison Ford was still okay. You know, he he he, he was sort of slowly on the downward uh, 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 sort of trajectory in the late nineties. This was two thousand and one, or no, two thousand. Sorry. And um, so I was like, all right, this might work. This might be quite good. They're, they'll work good together. And it's a thriller and Zemeckis and blah blah blah. And it's it's two hours and ten minutes, which is way too long for the concept of what it is. And it's just shit. <laughs> um, I do not like this film. And I tried to watch it again recently, and I was getting bored getting there. And the thing that made me turn it off is the thing that made me groan the first time I saw it. And that's that whole, here's a MacGuffin that will come back in the third act. Oh, mm. look, we've got this drug that we're testing on this mouse, and it's going to make it go to sleep. Or, or it, no, it, it won't kill it, it won't uh, make it pass out, but it won't be able to move for a good 10, 15 minutes. And you literally get that information as she's like visiting her husband at work, and she walks past these scientists and glances at them and hears this conversation. Mm. And it's kind of, and then you see this yellow blob, and you're just like, oh, fuck off. Clearly, that's going to come back on later on in the film. That was so cheap that the way that you just did that and tacky and well, it I, w- literally... I wouldn't know because i've never seen the film so. all right oh you you <laughs> asshole all right well basically this is a drug that's used against her to make her uh, be in a state of not being able to move in the climax of the film oh god basically someone no. tries to uh, drown her in her bathtub and she's on this thing and she and the water's rising up and uh, she's slowly getting, you know, feeling back in her big toe. You know, the whole wiggle your big toe thing. Wiggle your big toe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, it, this beat uh, Kill Bill to it. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember this film coming out. This was when I was working in um, in the video shop, so I was, I was aware of all these releases, at least on, you know, on rental. Um, and I, re- I remember the trailer and I remember thinking, yeah. I think I've seen this film before. I don't think I'll bother with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it's a long... And, and it's full of, you know, red herrings along the way. I mean, James Remar's a neighbour and she thinks that he's murdered his wife and then the big twist is that, oh, no, she... She, she hasn't been murdered at all. And then you find out that someone else... Ha- she has been murdered. Um... Yeah, and, and and a real cop-out ending of this ghost that's sort of haunting her suddenly comes out of fucking nowhere and takes care of the bad guy at the end, kind of a thing. And you're like, well, why what? didn't the fucking ghost just come get them anyway? Yeah. Because the whole thing is, is, is she seeing things and no one believes her, and it's basically this dead woman in the lake near the house. Um, but then that dead woman, ghost of some sort, actually then in the climax of the film, sort of saves the day in, in a way, if you get what I mean. Mm. And it's a bit sort of, well, if you had that sort of power, why, why were you haunting her? Why weren't you haunting them instead and killing them like you did anyway? So I mean, a, you've, you've pretty much just nailed in the coffin it for me. I'm, I will never watch this. See, and, I, and I didn't even like spoil that much about it, really. So that was like no. my spoiler-free... So it's got this random supernatural shit that comes out of nowhere at the end. Right, okay. Oh, no, no, no. It, it, it's there throughout, but only oh, she right. can see it. 
Yeah, and, and it's made her think that the neighbour has killed his wife, but it's it's not at all. You know, it that, just that needs was... Haley Joel Osment in it, doesn't it? Just to just to <laughs> wrap it up, and then yeah, Miranda Otto is in it. Oh, she's the neighbour who she thinks has been uh, murdered. Lord, so Lord was, of the Rings, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. a couple of years before that, and uh, James Remar is her uh, other half, who she thinks is the murderer. Yeah, no bollocks. I think I'd still um, rather set fire to myself than watch it, though. By the sounds of things, so. But you know, but I mean, I mean, I answered my own question really when I said, you know, th- this wasn't really the kind of thing he was doing at the time. It was because he did something to fill a gap while yeah. he was waiting to finish Castaway. So there you go, and it's shit, and I'm giving it two. All right, okay. Castaway, <laughs> um, Castaway, I I liked, but I've actually only seen once. You you liked Castaway, did you? Yeah, I saw it at the that's cinema, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of okay. I like the ending. I like the whole thing when he's like on his own at that crossroads. Because you think, oh, is he going to go finish delivering that parcel, and is he going to meet uh, someone new in his life? And it, it, that doesn't necessarily happen at all. Um, mm. I found that interesting. The whole stuff on the the island, um, yeah, it was it, it was fine. Yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with it. You know, he makes a friend out of a ball. There's I a do, really uh, fucking nasty bit of dentistry. Yeah, there when is. he has I mean, to knock a tooth out. But was it with a fucking uh, skating blade? An ice, uh, an ice, an ice skating, skating blade. Yeah. yeah. Well, he uses that as an axe, doesn't he? It's pretty impressive how um, a large chunk of that film happens with just Tom Hanks on the island. Yeah. And it doesn't really ever drag. It's not a boring film. You would think it is. Yeah, well, you know, he learns how to make fire and how to survive and how to fish and how um, to hang himself. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's the other thing, isn't it? You find out that he's, he's actually tried to kill himself, and then eventually he manages to get himself away. Gets uh, gets saved by a big tanker. I mean, it's an interesting because I'm just thinking about how Captain the hell Phillips. we talk about <laughs> this film when nothing really happens in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's psychological. Yeah. Largely, it's not just like how to survive. It's then how does that affect your mind, and hence having to create. Um, uh, a friend out of nowhere, out of this bowl, which is ba- and its face is made out of his blood because he cut his hand in a, in a nasty uh, fashion early on. Yeah. Um, so right, it's this yeah. palm face that he keeps re 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 sort of redoing up. And um, but I remember talking to my other half about it. She's like, "Oh, it's so sad when he loses Wilson." I'm like, "What really? Fuck off." Um, you he might be sad, sad, but but me as the audience, no, I was not sad. I understand how he was sad, but did you I not was shed not a tear for that, Stephen? You no heartless bastard. Bollocks. <laughs> well, sad. I tell you what, I loved about this film. Since you already okay, skipped you to the end, I absolutely loved the fact that you know his wife didn't come back to him. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. She she's moved on. Yeah. She didn't exactly wait for long, though, did she? What was it about five years or something like that? That's long enough, fucking hell. If, yeah, if but someone is pronounced in that time, dead, she got married and had a kid. She didn't just meet somebody else. I don't know. The kid was a toddler or whatever. But All you know, right. it wasn't just that she met someone else. She literally met someone else, married them, and had a kid. I would with... like to think that if I passed away, my other half could grieve and then get over it. And if she meet, happens to meet the right person, then fine, go to it. Well, I would be as, angry as about a three-year-old, <laughs> as a three-year-old, and moves into somebody within, else's within house a, and, get, and gets of, married. You know, all right, you know, at least within a year, five years, at least a year, but you know, a couple of years, fine. But yeah, five years, that's definitely okay. I don't know. Do you know what it reminded me of? And it's <laughs> <laughs> because actually, no, it'd be the other way around. Because I was watching, um, I watched uh, Superman Returns recently, and that mm. is like creep factor nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> comes back bloody spying on Lois Lane on them, yeah. yeah but I mean I was watching that I was like yeah this is like Castaway <laughs> he's only been gone for five years yeah <laughs> you know, 
But the oh, thing I that, like I said, the, the thing that I thought, oh, what would have been cheesy, because that parcel that he delivers, I think, don't you, it, you, you see that at the beginning of the film? Yeah. The one that he's always yeah. Start, and, it, and, then it, and it is uh, uh, a woman that it's delivered to. I thought, oh, is this going to be his new beginning with this? With it, 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 it's leading her to, it's leading him to her and he'll be, she'll be his wife in the future. But it doesn't do that at all. Um, yeah. It's and a I nice like little, you know, what if. It's a conversational piece afterwards, isn't it? If they if they give you too much away, yeah. Maybe he did go back. Maybe he did sort of like click his fingers and go, "Oh, I'm going to go back to have a look." Yeah, because well, he, he does look at the direction of you know where he just sort of come from. Yeah. Think, oh, maybe yeah. he will. So you know, I, I don't mind that. So yeah, it, it's fine. I can only give it a three because I've only seen it the once, and I, 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 I did like it. I didn't have any major issues with it. I mean, it could have gone all tits up. I mean, the whole Wilson thing. Imagine if that hadn't have worked at all. This film would just be a disaster. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think having Tom Tom Hanks probably helps as well. To be honest, he's the right actor to sort of do this sort of film. But yeah, again, is he bad in anything? Maybe those Dan Brown movies. I mean, it depends how you define new, bad. The, I mean, I think the, I think the new most, ones coming out this year. <laughs> most people at our age are always going to say, "Hey, we miss you know like eighties." Um, yeah, 80s wacky Hanks Tom Hanks. And, yeah, Burbs and. Was it Mermaids or Splash? I always get the two. Splash, meters. yeah, Splash big, and big, and all that. Yeah, the Burbs. Um, oh God, did you did you watch the Burbs recently? Yeah, I watched. I rewatched the <laughs> Warner Brothers the, review. It's the, it's the bit where after the house is blown up and he's there and he's and he's pissed off and he just wants to go to hospital and he actually ends up grabbing the fucking you know trolley that you put patients on and throwing it in the back of the fucking ambulance and himself <laughs> on it at the same time. Just take me to the hospital. Yeah. No, I like that. It's good. I, I yeah. miss that Tom Hanks. <laughs> I don't. The, the problem I got with this film, um, with with Castaway, is is what I was saying earlier about um, about Forrest Gump, and it really does fit that that mold for me. It's, it reeks of you know searching for an Oscar. <clears throat> Give me a what? How many has he been nominated for now? Like six. Yeah. And Captain and, Phillips was the most recent one he was nominated for. And it's like you know, back in this tight. Well, to be fair, in this era, in the nineties, early two thousands, it was like, well, you know, who are we going to cast? Well, we'll cast Tom Hanks. It's a bit like the whole, yeah, you know, yeah. oh, we need a poignant voiceover. Let's go give Morgan Freeman a mm. call. You know, it's it's the same, <laughs> the same kind of thing. And so I can't, you know, even though I know it's not really a bad film, and I can see why lots of people would like it. To me, it's a very average film, and you know, and it doesn't offend me, so I won't give it lower than a three, but. Yeah, That's a three star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm gonna have a quick peek at this while we're here. So, um, Academy Awards: one, two, three, four, five. He has been nominated. <laughs> That's not fucking true. One, two, three. Big. He was nominated. Mm. Uh, Philadelphia, which he won. Forrest Gump, which he won. Saving Private Ryan, he was nominated. Castaway, he was nominated. He was also nominated for Captain Phillips. I know that for a fucking fact. Uh, which was recently. I don't know if there's, if there's been any others though. But uh, I know he's got another. Know. I know he's got another one coming up, which sounds like oh, it's the Clint Eastwood one that just came out called Sully. Uh, about uh, it sounds very similar to the film Flight, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later on. Where uh, you know a guy who land, uh, a real life thing that happened where a guy you know had to land a, f- a plane safely with passengers on it after yeah. a disaster almost ensued. Um, yeah, it sounds like he might be up again Did next you year. Did you say? Or Sorry, did you say um, Catch Me If You Can? Was he nominated in that? No. You didn't, no, you didn't mention that. Because that was two, 2002, that's two years after this, wasn't it? Mm. 
That not was, for um, a, not for an Academy Award. It wasn't. No, it wouldn't have been anyway because it would have been supporting anyway. But um, that was a good film, and that that was quite Oscar foddery. So you know, obviously, like you know, I do break my own rules sometimes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, we talked about that, and Walken mm. was nominated for that, and richly, yeah, de- deservingly so. Yeah. <clears throat> right, we better pick up the pace because we're like almost at the hour and a half mark. <laughs> Jesus, I thought we were going to be like, you know, not talking about shit at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after, what did you give Castaway? Three. Right, me too. The next one I haven't seen, which is the Polar Express. I saw one look at what Tom Hanks' cartoon character looked like in it, and I went, I am not watching that shit. Uncanny Valley, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and that's, probably, that's probably it for both of us then, yeah. Yep, so we will skip by that one. The, res- uh, the review-wise, 55, so I'm guessing some people like it, some people don't. Anyway, moving on, similar thing, because he did three uh, of these CG cartoon uh, did, movies, yeah. and the second one, which is actually is the only one I've seen, and I do like it, and that's Beowulf. Yeah, I've weirdly oh, put it... Oh, Beowulf! I've put it on uh, and couldn't get on with it and again, and I think it was... Uh, yeah, I think I might need to revisit it. Because um, can't remember what it was that put me off now, but uh, is it the fact that he looks like Sean Bean but sounds like Ray Winstone? I can't make you your monster. <laughs> I mean, it, it could literally just be something like that. To be honest with you, so it's just yeah. something sort of jars with the whole. And uh, Anthony Hopkins sort of dancing about drunk, and he's and the robe that he's wearing is is always sort of dangling too close to to his thighs. Where you think, oh, oh the wrong turn, and we're going to see his junk, but you never do. Um, the, the problem with these kind yeah. of CGI films is a bit like. Um, they did the two Final Fantasy films, didn't they? And it was the second one. I've forgotten the name of it now. Spirits Within. Was that the second one or the first? That was, that was the first one. The second one was Advent Children. That's it. The second one is is supposed to be a phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal film. Really, really good. But for some reason, I can't... My brain doesn't like the CGI when I'm watching these. Yeah, CGI no, cartoons. neither do I. They're just releasing a new. It's like Final Fantasy 15 King's Glaive or something, and I was invited to a screening, and I was like, no, thank you. Mm. Um, the first Final Fantasy, I didn't hate like a lot of people did. I thought it was kind of okay, but it was a bit of a, 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 a downer story. Mm. The, the the Advent Children came straight onto DVD, and that's actually a sequel to the game Final Fantasy Seven which I was also not a massive fan of. Every, but most Final Fantasy people are. They're like, that's the, what, that's the, the first big strong one that they did. For me, it was Final Fantasy VIII um, that I liked. And I've not really got... Uh, I mean, I've, I tried mm. like nine and a bit of ten, and I've never really sort of gone beyond that as far as you know, that franchise goes as a game anyway. I did always, I've, I've uh, always got fond memories of playing the eighth one because I love the story. Um, mm. But the films, you know, just haven't been great. And the look of them is a bit sort of mere. But um, that's, the, that's the problem, yeah. But Beowulf, um, it, it's got a bit of class. I could, it's, you know, set in, you know, it's like the old Viking era. Um, it's got a bit of class about it. And I, and I do, and, and again, I think it was done for 3D, so you get a lot of shit coming at the camera. Which, mm. uh, when it's animated, is fine. But it, it does actually look really good on Blu-ray. It mm. does look really nice. And Angelina Jolie's character, you know, you're just... It's like, fuck Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, that's it. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, her I'm stuff in particular... Yeah, no, I, I give it a fucking shot. Because I, I think it is definitely worth a, a second view. I think I actually got on better with it second time round. Oh, right. you've got Chris Bradley's character. Uh, yeah, he's the, the, the Grendel, yeah. It, it, a lot of, sort of uh, screaming and shouting, so you're really going to get annoyed with him. 
but at least he's not there all the way through. I'm looking at a couple <laughs> of screenshots here as well of mm. it, and uh, I can see where where Bethesda Softworks might have got a few ideas for Skyrim from. <laughs> it looks exactly the bloody same. Wow. Uh, yeah, give it a shot. I might watch it myself yeah, again I'll, as well. I'll have a look at that, yeah. I'm, I, I might actually even pick up the 3D, because uh, I haven't got it on Blu-ray. I mean, I, I, I had it on Blu-ray and I got rid of it, but I might actually get it on uh, the 3D one just to see what that's like, uh, see if it was any good. Because this was his big going for a 3D push, mm. and he did it with animation. So, yeah... We shall see. But I'm gonna I'm actually gonna give this one a four. Oh. Yeah, it probably should it might actually be more sort of three and a half. because um, mm. I've only seen it three times maybe, but no, fuck it a four because I think it considering how long ago it was made and the impact it had on me the last time I saw it, it's mm. worth that. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see what you're you you just sent me a link of uh, the image. I mean, that's, that is that <laughs> looks like a screenshot from Skyrim. <laughs> the picture of that kid you sent me as well—that is so that girl, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. So this is like <clears throat> the loosest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> oh my god! Oh well. So g- g- let's wrap it up. What would you give it? A, I mean, I, I can't rate it. I haven't seen it. So um. yeah, well, uh, four for, uh, for for me for for Beowulf. Yeah. And then he did uh, Christmas Carol 2009 which, with Jim Carrey. Which Same I also kind of skipped. Pu- I skipped it purely because it was Jim is it, Carrey. Is it because it's a Christmas Carol be- again? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, not uh, really that story again? No, not interested. Yeah, yeah. me too. Absolutely right. So I'm going to have to skip by that one too. Well. So what's next? Denzel Washington. <laughs> Flight. Oh, is it Flight? Oh, wow. Yeah. So he must have had a bit of a gap. Um, three in making years, movies. Yeah. Oh, well, three, pardon me, three years, not so bad. Flight, I saw once, and it felt very by the numbers. Yes, there's mm. that, you know, very clever uh, bit of CGI work at the beginning, getting what's going on. And But it was uh, the character work was so on the nose. Here he is drinking when he shouldn't be. And, yeah, it just felt a bit like, oh, I know where this is going to go. And it went there. And that is why I didn't watch it either. <laughs> Oh my god! And I forgot literally about the because it you know it turns into a, a you know a bit of a court case, and it sounds very similar to this Clint Eastwood film that's coming out called Sully, whereas mm. something um, dramatic and uh, phenomenally unexpected happened. You know, someone saves the day in a very very um, uh, uh, what's the word in a in a big way. You know, he puts a plane on the ground and saves people basically. Mm. Um and then there's a court case afterwards about it <laughs> where people question it. I think this one's a bit more because the guy was an alcoholic. Um but it, it kind of like hit all the beats you expected it to. And mm. you're just kinda of like, yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad film, but did it really need to be two hours and eighteen minutes long? No. I reckon it's the studios that demand that these days. I mean, it's I don't just know though because because with less screen time you get more screenings in a day, mm. you know. Uh, but That's true. potentially, um, yeah. No, so I th- this was literally me going, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of you know, all right, fine. That Beowulf thing was fine, but I didn't appreciate Beowulf until way after. So even after this film, um, so I think in the sort of uh, the 2000s, I was kind of off him. You know, uh, what lies well, beneath, I, I, I didn't why, like. Yeah. You know, two stars for What Lies Believe. Castaway was fine, but uh, I didn't go back to it again. And then these three cartoons, I saw one of them, and again, it wasn't even at the cinema. And the first time I saw it, was sort of like, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. And then I appreciated it more in time. So Flight is a film that's not bad, 
but it's 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 nothing else. So yeah. if I watch it again at some point, I might go, all oh, right, yeah, that's actually quite good. But it, yeah, it, it doesn't stick with you. So I'd have to say, you know, like three, I guess, for it mm. on the one time I saw it. And I, and I don't remember half of it. I honestly don't. So that brings us, although he has a film coming out uh, soon called Allied, um, who knows what that'll be like, but apparently it's coming out this year and it's Brad Pitt's and Marion Cotillard and blah, 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 and it's a World War II drama set in Casablanca. Oh, we'll see. Uh, literally am sick last, of World War II yeah, as well, I really am. Last year he did uh, The Walk, uh, based uh, yeah. on the real-life incident and documentary uh, Man on a Wire. Uh, Philip Petit, uh, the man who actually walked on a wire between the two uh, towers. This is the dramatization of that. And when it was coming out, um, you know, I, I think I maybe saw one trailer or part of a trailer and I thought, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still don't know if I want to be in River Zemeckis. How, how long is it? It's, it's, oh, it's on the two hour mark. Okay, good. It's a bit shorter than normal, but it's still two hours. Do I really want to bother with that? And then mm. the screening came, and I think I, I, I read, I heard a couple of, reviews from american people who had seen it at uh, uh, some festivals or something and they were singing its praises and i thought wow. all right cool maybe it might be quite good and then the screening came along for it and it was actually going to be at the imax the proper imax um in mm. london um down at the south bank so I, I went you know what fuck it i'll go um so i took my other half and sat up nice and high and watched it and i came out crying what <laughs> yeah Um, the film is very good it's enjoyable it's funny Uh, it sets the story up you get some nice uh, supporting characters and bits and bobs going on and then they go about setting it's almost like you know planning a heist um, you know to break into this building to do this thing and you see uh, you know some of the stuff that he did earlier on in his life and and meeting the the girl that he's with who I should say he broke up with immediately after the walk um, but in real life but um uh, you know, getting there w- w- was fun. It-, it wasn't dragging so much. And then when you get to the actual place itself, um, the work that they have done, either recreating the rooftops or the CGI work, and not to mention the 3D CGI work, was mm. nothing short of astonishing. It looked unbelievably good. Um, and, you know, and we always say that, and within a few years, things look dated. But yeah. um, on uh, on the IMAX screen, this looked good and i have trouble looking down sometimes um yeah and uh, and it was giving me that feel um and i had seen the documentary but i'd forgotten uh a lot of the the sort of intricate details about what went on um so i was almost watching it with fresh eyes you know the the, the things that go on and the, the order that they happen in and what he does when he get because he doesn't just go out and across he goes out goes goes out and comes back goes out and comes back and uh, when the police get involved, he refuses to come back in. So he's just out there and he's lying down at one point on this fucking thing. Um, so it is quite tense. But um, I hate to say this, but because obviously with the history of these buildings now no longer being there, as we all know, mm. there is a moment at the end of the film when he talks about um, uh, it was like it was the mayor or whoever it was that owned the building or something basically gave him uh because you normally get tickets to go up there on the mm-hmm. viewing platform and he got a ticket that had the the date uh the expiry date scrubbed out and they wrote the word forever <laughs> instead and that made me cry like a little bitch <laughs> right at the very end of the film 
I guess it was just one of those things that you know in the, in the moment. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I've I've not seen it, I, and and literally for, for the pure reason that I was just not in the frame of mind for what I thought would be you know a, a bit of a true story. Mm. You know, it's a similar kind of idea to um, you know the old chopping your own arm off business that had happened a few years. Oh, uh, one hundred twenty eight hours. Yeah, yeah, which I which I watched, and you know, and. It, very very sort of gritty and visceral again and i sort of thought well you know i i have seen um i have seen the uh the documentary that this film's a, a dramatization of yeah um but no i yeah i, th- I think it I, th- I think basically came out as like, oh, i'll probably watch that you know i'm in no rush to watch it or wasn't in any rush to watch it but you have sold it to me um if you know if you <laughs> effectively when you think oh it's a guy who's going to do uh, a tightrope walk <laughs> between two buildings right? how the fuck are they going to turn that into yeah. a two hour long film but no it's you know, fun if, if you're not yeah. hooked in in the first sort of five ten minutes when you just see him pissing about in Paris doing these little juggling acts and stuff it's got yeah. it has got a, a, a nice feel about it and it, and it, and it pulls you in um, so yeah it, it, it's uh, yeah no I do recommend it it's uh, it is good fun. Well, yeah. I will give it a look. So that and, and if Beowulf. you have and if you have any feelings on what happened with the two towers, then you, you, you do kind of go. It, yeah, it gives it gives you a, a bit of an effect. It did for me. Yeah, no, I mean, of course I do. Um, and it's I didn't know that you were going to say, you know, actually, you know, that that affected me. That sort of upset me a little bit at the end. I thought that mm. you were going to say words to the effect of, and for fuck's sake, they shoehorned in this bloody, you know. Well, I was waiting for them to shoehorn, <laughs> yeah. but they don't. They, they they just talk about them as they are at the time. It's literally just mm. that bit right at the very end because you know that they're no longer there, and suddenly you remember what happened. Because um, even when that happened at the time, I I, I reacted very numbly to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't have an emotional response to it happening, and it was on the news, for, you know, 24 hours a day at the time. So I was so shocked that literally that one word, you know, forever, and obviously they're no longer here, just made me fucking, you know, well up and then bowl like a little baby. My other Powerful half didn't see stuff. me, thank God. You know, I got stuff. to the bottom of the stairs, I'm like, you know, wiping away, you know, water from my face like what's up with you (laughs) and i'm just like i hate you (laughs) yeah it was like at the end of um end of munich there was a little little shot wasn't there that's right i thought that was quite tastefully done yeah so i I think that's the thing as long as it is it is tastefully done and it's not like you know yeah and Never the surprise the surprise being is that that was Spielberg this was Zemeckis and they actually restrained themselves that much to yeah. just have that one thing and yet they have the reputation of being the, the kings of um, schmaltz yeah exactly yep never mind so anyway I'm giving this one a four um, it was very good and uh, I will watch I will definitely watch it I have watched it again and I will definitely watch it again and again <laughs> excellent I will I will source that out tonight maybe and uh, and Beowulf as well interesting double bill mm, double bill <laughs> yeah well there we are Angelina we've Jolie. made it we've made it to the end and wow that was a lot longer than we probably both thought <laughs> that is quite a lot longer than i thought yeah. <laughs> good i'm glad we decided not to do roger rabbit first and then just ply through them <laughs> <laughs> no i quite enjoyed that good well good we stuff. won't we, we won't record another one today uh, <laughs> yeah well there you go everybody that's it for Sean and I we will, we're out of here and we'll pick something else to do next time bye